Well, hello and welcome. You're listening to No Lasting City, probably the second best podcast in the world. I'm Matthew Johnston. And again, I'm paddling out solo today. This podcast is a ministry of Riverbend Bible Church here in Hastings, New Zealand. And our goal with this podcast is to distract you from the mundane and to ravish your minds with the glory of God manifested in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Our guest today is a world champion bodyboarder. His name is Dave Hubbard, and we're chatting from Hawaii. Well, Dave's in Hawaii anyway. So, Dave, thanks so much for joining us on No Lasting City Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Congratulations first, Dave, on winning the Maldives comp. That's a special uh, special occasion. Yeah, that was that was great. God's so gracious. Um, and I really, really do hope when when he um gives me podiums and, and certain accolades that that he's getting all the glory from it. And um and you know what one thing just I'll jump in pretty yeah. interesting is you know, lately I've I've been getting some some of these victories, which I don't chase nearly as um energetically as i used to as far as like i was chasing them for my ego before but now as i'm you know kind of going after them hoping to serve kingdom purposes um yeah god's just been showing me his love for other people and he's also been just making a little bit more sense sensible like his presence like it's just a little bit more tangible sometimes um which just is such an exhilarating feeling. I'm sure you've experienced that. And um, that's kind of kind of really gracious of him to start attaching those kinds of feelings to uh, victory when, you know, a lot of people are going to go out for, for a win with selfish motives and they're going to try to attach uh, fame, fortune, and... Who knows what other kinds of worldly things are going to get attached to that feeling or that uh, that thing we we look at and as a society we're all cheering about. Um, but yeah, now it's it's being changed. God's changing that as as a lot of other constructs in my mind, um, and so I feel super super blessed that um, he's doing he's doing that one. <laughs> one victory at a time as many as he wants to give me but um but yeah it's it's all about him praise god you know that's the one thing that stood out for me um that when you won this recent comp and and just listeners just so you know we're 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 with a world champion uh today and um and when you won that victory uh when you won that competition rather and you said in your uh post all the glory to god I thought to myself, I want to chat to Dave um, because Dave, I've been watching you. It sounds creepy. I've been watching you long before you seen <laughs> me. And um, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about how you know where you grew up. I understand you were you born on the island of Kauai. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was born um, the third of three boys to uh, my parents. I've got just a such a loving and um, wholesome nuclear family. Um, but they're, you know, I wouldn't really label them as practicing uh, believers or um, I wouldn't label them as servants of Christ, um, but they've got great intentions. They've got hearts full of love and 
they're wonderful people as far as we can say um but yeah i wasn't i wasn't born into a christian home similar to you but yeah god god did use uh, my brothers who had a, had been attending a bible study for a little while um i wanted to go and hang out with them and just go where they went so i got to go with my older brothers to the bible study that was back in high school god really reached out to me and really touched me um you know there was there was a big there was a big experience that happened in high school but i walked away from my faith and kind of kind of turned my back and went apostate for a while in college and probably about eight or nine years ago now to date i'm 40 years old um god wooed me back to himself and i'm just so 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 grateful for that my life's just <laughs> drastically improved not that that's what we're going for when we when we do meet our maker but um but yeah life has, has certainly turned around and and more than circumstances um it's it's really my relationship with god that makes my life now just so so wonderful you know i'm, so, I'm he's he's blessed me beyond i deserve with so many so many great things and circumstances but those aren't the things that bring me joy awesome that's so great to hear that you know i i i, I love hearing um just the ways in which god can uh, and does draw people to himself his children um mm. yeah and so you grew up there in Kauai, and um you know obviously for for many people uh, hawaii is a is an attractive um location sun sand and surf and um tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up and how you ended up on a on a bodyboard um obviously you know being a fellow bodyboarder we both know that um bodyboarding is you know i i, I was it's been well said i really believe it's well said that you could strap a dead corpse onto a bodyboard and push it out into the into the into the waves and it could ride the <laughs> but there's there's guys who make it an art form uh, there's guys who are professionals and um and that's certainly you uh, and certainly um so many others tell tell us you know how you ended up on a on a bodyboard of all things and um and 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 you know maybe you grew up in a certain area that had a little wedge or, or something what's the story i'd love to know yeah. So again, you know, being the younger brother, just happy to tag along, see what my older brothers and my dad are doing um, as as we're kids and as we're growing up. And so um, my dad loved the ocean. He was also born in Hawaii. And um, yeah, he wanted to, that was a great way to entertain us, take us down to the beach. And so we'd, we'd engage in various activities, but once we got uh, capable of uh, swimming and managing um managing ourselves in this in the surf as calm as it was at our at our local is just a little bay um we got onto crafts you know my brother oldest brother jeff he was on a bodyboard and my brother mike was on a surfboard and then it came time for me to choose and i did ride a surfboard for quite a while um my dad was pushing me into waves i would stand up on the surfboard but eventually i graduated from dad's constant supervision and i could manage on my own and swim well enough on my own but i wanted fins on my feet if dad wasn't going to be right there and then also i would i would start taking both down to the beach um because i had the option now i could do both 
but eventually I stopped taking the surfboard and I just took the bodyboard to the beach. Um, and eventually I just grew out of that small little surfboard and I was trying to get bodyboards that fit me. And it was really about my connection to the craft was really, I just had more fun riding that craft. Um, and, you know, I still had, I was begin, I was going to be doing one of the things my brother was, were doing, you know, one surfed, one bodyboarded. So whichever path I chose at that fork was going to be still following them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I <laughs> got on the bug. Love it. I love it. We're thankful that you did. Um, you know, these days you are far more clean cut. Um, for a while there, I, one of the, I was thinking this morning, I was like, I want to ask Dave Hubbard because for a long time there, Dave Hubbard, um, you know, I've heard maybe in other interviews or maybe it's been said of you and you can clarify that, you know, you, you, you rode predominantly drop knee because your brother rode prone. Is that, is that a true sentiment or not? Yeah, that was a phase of development where I wanted to kind of establish my own identity at some point, you know, if you're, if you're in your older brother's shadow for long enough, you kind of want to step out. And that was, that was about, you know, adolescence, 16, 17, 18, you know, I really wanted to establish myself apart from my brother. Although I love being recognized as his brother, I did want to find a, a different modality than, than just being a copycat. Um, and is that like where the long hair and the beard came from to kind of counter Jeff's clean cut image? No, but it was connected because as I started to just fall in love with drop knee and become really passionate, really focused on developing my skills, drop knee, you know, I had these icons of the sport, Aka Lyman, um, Paul Roach, Kaino McGee were kind of my top three there. And at one point in their careers, they all had long hair. So at one point, I had a goal kind of just in the back of my mind in my life. I wanted to have long hair just to be like them and kind of, I don't know, come full circle and graduate that I <laughs> that I had achieved what they had <laughs> as far as. <laughs> that is so, um, that's so cool. Um, yeah. Man, your beard got so long. It was, it was so cool. Um <laughs> But anyway, listeners, just so you know, um, Jeff Hubbard, Dave's eldest brother, is multiple-time world champion. And, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about hubboards too uh, because, you know, little to no money in bodyboarding, uh, particularly when a lot of the, the stand-up surf companies kind of pulled out. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and then a lot of the guys, you know, like Mitch Rawlins found boards and the like, and a lot of the guys started making their own boards. I'd love to just um, learn a little bit about how hub boards came about. And, and you know, you guys, I mean, listeners, the YouTube channel, hub boards and bright colors, massive airs. Um, uh, you know, these, these two brothers are flying Hawaiians. But tell us a little bit about um, just briefly about how hubboards came about because and, and and as much as you want to say about that because I find I find that really uh, interesting. Yeah, that was definitely like the best career move, at least for me. But Jeff would probably agree as well. Um, and we're so I feel blessed that it came when it did. And the real besides 
probably having the idea in our minds and probably like kind of a long-term goal. Um, the way it was um, hastened was the sponsors that we were riding for at the time just stopped paying us. So that's a real good way to uh, incite change um, as you know, from pastoring when, when we're uncomfortable, we're definitely a little bit more adept to growth. Uh, I think um, comfort is, is definitely an enemy of progression in some ways. And so for us, we got put in a position where we were going to have to <laughs> make a move one way or another. And, you know, we, we came to, to the conclusion, Hey, now's the time we're not getting paid from these other companies. So let's take this step. Um, and we've got great partners. We've had great support from the, from the get go. And it really was the best thing we could have done at that, at that time. And, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the story. Yeah, it's quite cool. I have a funny little story, although it probably doesn't interest anyone but me. <laughs> um, I was traveling up and down the east coast of Australia for a while there, and there was – remember the old uh, No Friends video? You, I'm sure you're in it. Um, washing machines. Yeah, yeah. Remember washing machines. Well, I was on the Gold Coast at the time, and they had a washing machines premiere, and um, – and I went along to the premiere and I won the raffle. Uh, Epo, oh, cool. Epo held a raffle. I think, um, you know, all the, all the, all the professional riders were there and, and, and I won the raffle and it was a BZ board or BZ uh, board. Or, or, <laughs> uh, one of your brother's models um, shaped by um, uh, what's the Japanese shaper's name or it sounds Japanese anyway. Y Yamo? Uh, no. Yamo. Yamo. Yeah. Yamo. And, I I I sold that thing the next day and it helped me uh continue. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh why 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 I mentioned that I have no idea other than it's just a memory that one of your one of your brother's boards and I probably should have kept it, but man, we were scrapping back then to just keep traveling and uh one of my sure. friends happily paid top dollar for that, so that was good. Um so Tell us a little bit about, you know, you kind of mentioned, um, is the word nominal, nominal Christian family or like just not a Christian family or cultural Christian, like like just maybe, you know, ever, maybe everyone in your area, you know, is kind of culturally Christian, but is, is it, was it nominal or did you go to church or you didn't go to church at all or what was it like? I think it'd probably be between nominal and cultural. I think, um, I don't think my dad would profess to be a Christian, but I think my mom would, would label herself as such. And I think, um, uh, I think both my brothers and their families would, what, I mean, what's really encouraging right now is my brother, Mike, uh, the middle brother, his kids are going to, going to youth group. They're going to, going to church sometimes the bible studies they're helping out um they're even a couple of them sometimes lead worship so that's a super huge encouragement um to me but yeah so as a family we didn't attend church at all um until the boys were somewhat let's say interested collectively we were somewhat interested um and then we would maybe show up at a christmas eve service 
Um, and we're still at that point as a family where we can probably drag the whole gang to <laughs> a Christmas or Easter service. Um, but probably on their own accord, they're not um, itching, itching to, to come. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that, that, that must be quite the experience for, it, for you in the sense that you went through something at high school um and then how long ago was it when you really believe you you kind of came to faith and maybe, maybe you can't pinpoint a day or a month or a week i'm not talking about that but maybe you can but just in terms of when do you think the lord really worked in your heart and you made this commitment to follow christ you know yeah you know and i really do feel that it was a genuine experience back in high school and there was a, a solid level of commitment um but of, of course, time, time tested that. And, and I was, I was found lacking, but yeah, I would say it was probably right around 2014, the new year of 2014. Let's, let's say somewhere around then mm -hmm. I was actually, um, I began attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to, um, to work on an addiction that I had, uh, to, I guess you could use plural. It was alcohol and marijuana. And I definitely wanted to, to move on from that found, found a, a program that seemed successful for others. And that, that 12 step program, um, God's a big, <laughs> it's a big to do in, the, in what's happening. Um, but of course they, they've made the program accessible for agnostic and atheists. Um, in the language they've chosen. But for me, it was a very clear, I knew who God was. I knew who the higher power was. I knew who that was. I felt I had had a relationship with him previously. So when it came to those um, steps and those um, practices of the program, I was very familiar with who I was, who I was addressing, who I was praying to, who I was seeking. Um, and at that same time, I started to yeah desire that relationship to improve not only besides the program of Alcoholics Anonymous but you know attending church again and reading my Bible again praying again um, so that's that's kind of where yeah God used that program to to woo me back to Him um, yeah so good hey it's amazing God will use anything. Um, Jesus said so many special words in the gospel of John, for example, um, John chapter six, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the father draws mm. and, you know, mm -hmm. can is a word of ability. Um, mm -hmm. may is a, is a word of permission. Um, mm -hmm. God just does a mighty work of grace at the right time through any way to bring us to ourselves, And so it's so encouraging to, to know, um, Dave, and, you know, I've made mention in a podcast prior and we we're chatting just a little bit earlier where I grew up and didn't grow up in a Christian family at all and was super anxious as a kid and certainly got into, you know, the things that you mentioned uh, prior as well certainly partook of those things. And um, I had a strong affinity with the ocean. The ocean kind of calmed me. Um, and I think just 
the way in which um, I had such an affinity with the ocean and then bodyboarding and then the, the culture and so immersed in the in the in the community of bodyboarding um, when these guys began these professional writers began to talk about Christ it, it it had such a powerful effect on me and while some of them are no longer perhaps um, walking with Christ or some of them even on their journey to Christ um, uh, it was a powerful thing that 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 God used to draw me to Himself through that, and so yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you: never underestimate um, people listening to this, people uh, you know in the bodyboarding world, young guys like I was watching on, and um, God, God's just so gracious and loving to draw people to His Son. And um, I love how you kickstarted this podcast, took the bull by the horns, and gave all glory to God in the person of Christ, and. Uh, that's a real special, special thing. Uh, are you married, Dave? Do you have Do you have children? I'm married. Yeah, God blessed me so much with uh, my wife Evelyn. She's a Hungarian woman. Um, we met in Portugal, and we got married about three and a half or so years ago. We don't have children as of this moment, but um, we're open to whatever God wants for us in that department. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, should, thank you. Thank you. I bet traveling the world, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd I want to ask, how did you meet? How did you meet Evelyn? I was in, Portugal, in yeah, in between, in between events. So I was there to compete and I was visiting with, uh, a sponsor who hosts me while I'm in Portugal every year. And I went down to his, his shop. I had never visited a specific location that he had and he was doing surf lessons out of that location. And the one student for the week was Evelyn. Uh, God, of course, worked, worked a lot to get her to take the surf lessons from, from him. Um, as well as many other characters, uh, attributes of like the the meeting and the circumstances but um yeah we we ended up spending about a week together because she was she was the only student and there was me and a couple other guys that my uh, sponsor wanted to host us and take us around so she had to come along to take her lessons as we were touring around the area and surfing different spots and uh it was it, it started strictly platonic as a friendship um God was really gracious about the way that he he started off our relationship. Um, and then we actually, we went our separate ways. And of course, I was very open about my beliefs as she was about hers, which were very different at the time. But I was, you know, encouraging and not necessarily badgering or forcing anything on her, but asked her if she had ever read uh, the Bible. Um, and so we actually over long distance on the phone, we started reading the Bible together and, and discussing it. And that kind of started us in, in a, like a long distance relationship where we were talking on the phone most days. And then through, through that, God started to really grow, uh, feelings, uh, in us. And, so you know he was he was definitely at the center of it for <laughs> the whole time. So good, so 
you know, praise God. Um, and and you're you're living now. Are you living in Kauai or are you on Oahu? Or yes, what? sir. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. So cool. And what church are you going to there? We go to a missionary church, Lihue Missionary Church. It's uh, it's not far from our home, and we've got a lot of friends there. But most importantly, they're, um, you know, preaching and they're standing for the things that I believe are biblical. And so that's that's pretty much why why we go there, and we get we get very edified by the by the preaching and the the fellowship there as well. And, and there's areas for, uh, for us to serve as well, which are important to, to me as far as a body of, of believers that I'm involved in. Yeah, praise God. And are you, are you kind of writing for hub boards, um, you know, and then are you, you're obviously still competing. Um, what are your plans in terms of, um, because obviously we know, you know, how shaky world tours have been. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but it looks like there's some things that are on the up and up a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it was so exciting to come back from COVID um, with, you know, a pretty full schedule, um, you know, and I was a little uh, weary uh, just to, just to kind of see how these first events were going to go in Chile of this year. I, went to Chile and attended three events there and I was pretty impressed with the way it was running, but also just for the reasons that you just mentioned, you know, if there's events on the calendar and I'm able-bodied and my wife and I discuss and agree that it would be a good thing for me to go, then, then I want to go and I want to be there. Um, you know, that's at least the motivation currently that could change. You know, of course I just, want to discern what God's will is. So I'm always trying to uh, weigh in what is the, the value of these things for, uh, for my family, for, uh, you know, you go down the list for others as well. And then, yeah, so it's, it's an exciting moment. Um, again, I don't put my faith in man and don't put my faith in this world tour to be the, the end all, but while it's around, and like I said, while I'm able-bodied and while, while I feel called by God to go and represent him, I'll, I'll go and show up and <laughs> see what he has planned for me there. And, you know, if those things change over time, if it's near future, long term, then I, I'm going to ask for his, uh, his grace to, to handle his, his call as, as best I can. So good, Dave. So, so, it's so encouraging. Um, what is, what is it like, um, being on tour as someone who's vocally a Christian, um, you know, have you faced, I mean, we're in another kingdom while we're on this earth, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah. of another world really. Um, yeah. we have a righteousness that's not our own, the righteousness of Christ. So we, we do, we do a result and light. And so what's it like, um, you know, do you face, you know, little, um, you know, little uh, jibs and jabs from, from people or, or what, what is it like for you being a professional Christian um, on the world tour? 
you know, the climate, at least at this point, is is pretty favorable. There's not a huge party scene. There's not a huge uh, contingent of of people kind of forcing uh, different lifestyles on each other. It's a it's a bunch of guys who are at least the the crowd I run with pretty understanding, pretty level headed and pretty accepting of others. Um, so I think that's that's a difference. Um in current to previous uh tours perhaps i'm sure i'm sure it's been different at different times but my colleagues are generally accepting um sometimes we'll placate and you know be be willing to talk a little bit um certainly don't feel anybody really trying to bring opposition or start arguments with me which for, it's for better or worse sometimes arguments or somebody who's really willing to engage in in deep discussions is maybe somebody who we can um uh do do something for the kingdom um mm. of course it's the holy spirit and like you said earlier when you referenced john you know definitely it's the father who's going to draw him but you know we're just um we're all just trying to do our our part and we could be at step a we could be at step z along their journey to christ and you know i I respect where people are in their journey so that was a little bit of a rabbit trail but you know when you first started asking the question i did want to bring up um most of these places we go to are um potentially were catholic countries at one point uh they could be in in a postmodern setting where they've they've moved on from it but they they have a heritage of christianity or catholicism or whatever it was Mm. um but not the maldives maldives was such a unique place if um if our listeners don't know much about this beautiful country country full of people who god deeply loves it's a it's a strict islamic country they 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 generate some of their laws based on the Quran, which um, translates to outlawing the Bible, outlawing evangelism, outlawing the, the open practice of Christianity. If one is to be found, um, if, if, a, if a local there is found to convert to Christianity, they're going to get deported. They're going to uh, have their citizenship removed. So there's some, there's some harsh things. They're not, they're not so so rash that they're gonna um, execute anybody um as as some other countries who share some of those characteristics that i just listed but they are gonna take some serious measures if if it gets to that point so that was a very different environment um typically when i get the opportunity i am going to be using jesus's name as i as i feel called and i ask for god's courage and boldness to to speak about the truth of his son jesus like the reason for this podcast um as you mentioned the, the person in the work of christ but that was a place where i felt uh to be just a little bit more cautious um not necessarily for for my own sake but a little bit more for the listener's sake, almost. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of 
quiet time and a lot of discernment that went into how to approach uh, that culture versus Chile or Portugal uh, countries that have a history uh, of of Christian influence. And so that was definitely a, a different place where I definitely had to lean in and, and do my best to listen um, and rely on the Holy Spirit to, to give me the words to, to speak to those people. And so that, I, I hope that's a little bit more of an interesting answer to your question than no, I don't get jabs for being a Christian, but <laughs> yeah, that was so, that was so unique, uh, different experience for me in the, in the Maldives. That's so wonderful to hear. And I saw footage from the Maldives and it looked amazing. The government obviously got involved the, or, or, or regional. Yeah, yeah. Got involved. It looked, it looked incredible. And, um, you know, I love seeing like the the Chilean, the the, the combat Arica, um, and this Maldives one. You know, it's really giving bodyboarding great exposure. And the grand irony of you've been a bodyboarder long enough, and I've certainly not been a professional rider, but um, there's all these hopes and dreams that bodyboarding is going to burst into the mainstream. And it's just like, nah, it stays where it's at, and we love yeah, that exactly. Um, but what a wonderful thing to know that uh, you have. Uh, really great opportunities to share the gospel um, as, as you travel around uh, on this world tour. I, I'm, I'm looking at the, the world tour website at the moment and man, there's uh, two Hawaiians in the top 10 uh, of which uh, as it currently stands is, is yourself. And, and so that's great. Um, and then there's some really wonderful uh, events coming up. You may be uh, having discussions or may have already had discussions uh, with your wife. I love how you mentioned that um, about whether you should go to the particular competitions at any given time. But I see that the Sintra Pro, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really well-known comp over many years. Um, and I can still remember one of the guys we grew up surfing with Jason Hazel. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a little town that we were from in Victoria, uh, Bird Rock Reef. Um uh, he won that competition one year. So the Sintra Pro is coming he up. He did. That's right. He yeah. totally did. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. And um, uh, I have a good friend, Andrew Jens, um, uh, who who I just spent many, many days and hours and years traveling the Victorian coast um, surfing uh, with uh, who's good friends with Jason. And I remember that was a really pivotal win for Jason, the Central Pro in Portugal there. But that's coming up uh, very soon. Uh, are you heading to Sintra? I mean, it starts in four days. You better get on the plane, Dave. I'm, I've got my flight this evening, less than 12 hours from now. I will be flying out there and headed headed out so yeah I, i'll be attending sintra i won't be attending the final men's event fronton in gran canaria but my brother will so we've been kind of toggling but yep yeah, I'm, I'm getting on a plane pretty soon that is so cool that is so cool well may you um may you do really well there i think historically you know it's a it's sintra it's a beach the waves aren't always you know kind of hectic um mm -hmm. but but they can get some real good, real good shape and good banks and um, go well there. Um, 
I'm, I'm just looking now, you know, France, France was canceled. Why was France canceled? There was a fire uh, in that town wreaked havoc and a lot of, a lot of destruction and, and certainly an aversion of funds had to be uh, put in place. So that, that event did get canceled. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, as, as you live this Christian life, um, what are some theological truths? Some, you know, because I have this little paradigm that I that I try and live the Christian life through. And when I'm preaching here at church, I I kind of remind uh, the precious flock here, and it was something that uh, pastors and professors, you know, kind of reminded me and taught me about. Um, mm-hmm. It's this whole idea of the Christian life being mind affections will actions um if you read a lot of the old systematic theologies and stuff they'll make mention of mind affections will actions and basically the idea is that we we fill our minds with the knowledge of god we 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 increase in our knowledge of who our god is in many ways we behold our god as we study scripture and we know him through through scripture, which the Holy Spirit uh, illuminates to us. And then because we know him, our affections are then ignited uh, to greater heights. Um, I mean, you cannot love that which you do not know. And so because Mm. we fill our mind with the knowledge of God, we begin to love God. And then obviously our affections determine our will, drive our will. Mm. Um, And then our will obviously... um, determines our actions and so it's been well said that the height of our worship of god can only go as or directly correlates to the depth of our knowledge of god so we can only worship to the height that our depth of our knowledge of god goes and so you Mm -hmm. can it is like doctrine drives devotion and sometimes doctrine has been like you know considered really heady and you know um, people say, you know, it's in your head but not in your heart. And the reality is that the Bible doesn't separate the two. I mean, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And uh-huh. so um, are there any doctrines, any truths, you know, that, you know, of course we rejoice in a substitutionary atonement where Jesus died uh as our substitute upon the cross, we rejoice in those things. Mm. Is there anything that kind of, you know, some people have, you know, passions, you know, they might have passions about the end times or they might have passions about the Trinity. They might have passions about God's sovereignty. They might have passion. Uh, There's a whole host of things. Um, Sure. Has something kind of at the moment, you know, caught your, caught your heart as it were um, theologically that, that you, that you're rejoicing in at the moment, you know, maybe there's a book you're reading, maybe there's something your pastor's preaching about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great question. And I feel that what you said is true about the the height of the worship, matching the depth of our knowledge of God. I celebrate um, any time that God reminds me or reveals his characteristics. I think he is just, uh, of course, completely deserving of worship for all his 
characteristics that are more or less unfathomable here, but if we can just get glimpses of them and at least register just small little facets of them, it can make huge impacts. Um, and one of those that I always come back to is just God's just deep, just immense love for us. Mm-hmm. And that love really, you know, it doesn't end at me. He's just deeply in love with all of his, all of his creation um, and all people, you know, and he's so loved us that he sent Jesus. Of course, we know that verse. And that's just something that really can continue to transform me as I, you know, probably like a lot of people have the tendency to focus inward uh, after, after <laughs> could be minutes or moments, hours, days, or whatever it is with, with lapsing of, of looking up and looking directly at Jesus. But, you know, that love is what can open, lift my eyes back up, lift, lift them up to Jesus and then outward to, to my fellows. Um, something I've been reading, I've been reading Dallas Willard a bit recently. If you've heard of I that gentleman, I haven't No, He's uh, he, he was, he did, he did go to be with God. Um, but he was a great thinker uh, out of California and just a, just a lover of Christ and definitely was, was led to lead and try to clarify and, you know, just uh, what we turn to books when we turn to a book besides the Bible, we're trying to, <laughs> at least for me, when I'm reading another book besides the Bible, I'm trying to get another perspective, more insight on how to you know, understand all the truths that are overflowing out of the Bible. So it's not necessarily in addition to, it's really trying to use those as a lens sometimes to, and, and again, not that the Bible's not enough. You can certainly be just fine reading the Bible your whole life. You don't want to put it out there that you need other things to access the Bible. But um, he wrote quite a bit on disciplines and i think it's 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 like i guess like discipline is it's taking quite a while for me to really get those instituted into my practice um but when i read about them i'm so encouraged because i totally see the value in them and i think they're a little bit lost on uh, current, maybe even the previous and maybe even the next generations of, of believers, at least in the Western culture, that, you know, something like fasting, for example, could be beneficial in your spirituality or, or some of the other practices, whether it's silence or solitude or frugality or just, I mean, there's some cool, cool practices that have you know, technical names, but ultimately they're, they're there to get you closer to Jesus. And I think Jesus modeled being disciplined to us. Um, when we check out the gospel accounts, he seemed, he seemed like a disciplined guy, not to say that he wasn't spontaneous. So Mm -hmm. I don't think those are conflicting, but I think we can, we can really glean from Jesus himself that there is value in 
being disciplined and I really on the on the flip side I see a lot of um trouble caused by the lack of discipline I think if if we look at the fall of of any of our friends or of man or celebrities or or these various people that we look and we how did they how did they go from there to to there where they're renouncing the reality of Jesus or or whatever it may be i think we could probably at some point along the lines probably point to a lack of discipline or a lapse in discipline and so that's something at least in my walk that i really am <sighs> hoping but it doesn't take just hope it takes action too um that i want to I- improve on and i want to i want to improve on the disciplines and again it's not from a leg- legalistic point of view that i need to fast and i need to check boxes to get my salvation it's not a meal ticket like that at all it's really it's really these different vehicles that are going to help me improve my relationship with christ which that's if that's at the the primary if that's like the the core of what i'm living for is to have a relationship with with god through jesus then taking different uh, actions to improve that relationship would serve the core of who i am so i think that's to answer your question that's something that's been lately a kind of a focus and kind of like a, a turning point it's taking some time but i want to i want to continue that journey into being a, a bit more disciplined i love that you know i think of the apostle paul's words to timothy you know discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness and i think of um paul's words as well to the church at corinth uh, in second corinthians 5 verse 14 he says there for the love of christ compels us and that there is not referring to our love for christ it's referring to his love for us mm-hmm. he made mention of that at the beginning that god's love is uh, is so immense and overwhelming it's also incredibly motivating right we need fuel for yeah. the, we need fuel in the engine for the works of discipline we, as you said, we don't obey to earn our salvation. We obey out of gratitude. And, yes. And, you know, um, the Bible is full of uh, imperatives, full of commands, um, you know, and, and, and those commands come to us in, in, in both Old and New Testament, but in New Testament, particularly uh, in the epistles and the like, you know, telling us, you know, to, to do this and, 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 and don't do this and that kind of thing. If we just had naked commands, naked imperatives, then we do have legalism and ultimately burnout. But when we keep in mind the the love of Christ, the 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 overwhelming yeah. love that He has for us, it gives us the motivation um, to want to live for Him. Because um, Paul continues on in Second Corinthians uh, five after he says that in verse fourteen, he says. Um, for the love of Christ compels us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but yeah. him who died and rose on their behalf. And so holy living springs from a transformed heart that has had the love of God shed abroad in, in our heart. Yeah. 
and 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 so that devotion that discipline is fed by that doctrine um that because yeah. it's you know lo the love of god um doesn't ever continue pour into us in a vacuum it comes through prayer and fellowship and reading the word of god and sitting under the preaching of the word of god and all and all those things so all the discipline yeah. all the discipline um uh, that we that we ought out of out of um, not out of duty or obligation but out of gratitude yes all, all that discipline that we ought to um pursue and grow in uh, has as its very fuel the the love of god indeed yeah Death. dave it's been um just a real blessing to have you uh on the podcast um you know i i just i do marvel that um you know through technology and god's providence i get to chat to you today and i love more than all the incredible drop knee and prone barrels i've seen you make and the <laughs> massive man the massive air reverses and just beyond all that um, my, my heart rejoices in the work that god uh, has done in your heart to point you to christ and um, have you uh, filled with the spirit of christ and the love of christ and possessing the mind of christ to proclaim the gospel of christ as you as you travel this globe and um yeah. and may god bless you as you do that and uh, i just count it a real privilege to be able to talk to you today thank you so much I, uh, it's been a privilege and a honor for me as well and i appreciate what you're doing not only um with this podcast but uh being an encouragement to others personally i'm sure there's quite a few of them not only uh the flock that you shepherd but um your friends and family and and others that that look to you to seek uh seek that support uh since we're not alone in this in this walk so thank you to you as well you're welcome dave and we'll be watching eagerly uh with what happens at the Centro pro in portugal in just a few days uh, God bless you, and um, and may you continue to to share the message of Christ. Amen. Thank you. No Lasting City Podcast is a ministry of Riverbend Bible Church in Hastings, New Zealand. For more information, please visit our website at riverbend.org.nz or visit us on YouTube. Follow us on social media where you can interact with us or ask us any questions. Our links are in the show notes and we'd love to see you there.